details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Warning. The following broadcast is presented without the use of talking points, blatant hypocrisy, or Kool-Aid. You know it's bad when this guy has to become the voice of reason. It's the return of the zip code famous Michael Groff Show. the hell is going on it's another edition of this the michael groff radio program the zip code famous michael groff show yes in exile no longer well kind of you know contact information for the program mike at kmgx.com that is our email address it is mike at kmgx.com Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show. And also on uh, EFNet IRC, the Channel Net Radio, of course, all of our contact information and more is uh, it's available at the one, the only, michaelgroff.com. In addition, you can always donate to our program via PayPal. I want to thank uh, some folks. We've had uh, some folks uh, drop us some uh, some donations over the PayPal address. Always appreciated. Helps us uh, stay on the air, stay cool, and uh, all that. You know, pays the bills, which we kind of should do. Even though the government doesn't, we figure it's probably a good idea that we still do so. I, I think... I think it's always fun. All right. Uh, yes, it is Friday, August 20th, 2010. And um, and this global warming is something else, isn't it? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I was, I'm just, I was reading about how this was supposed to be the most active hurricane season ever. Where they they produ- predicted just mass gloom and doom for the, uh, for the hurricane season. And uh, really, so far, uh, nothing of the sort. What do you know? Mind you, it is only August. The peak of the hurricane season is until September 10th or so. But regardless, I'm not impressed. All right. uh, It is uh, Friday, of course, and it is that time where we... 
Introduce the one, the only. You know him, you love him. Folks, it's James here. What's up? What's up? Yo. How you been, man? I've been okay. Yeah? Yeah. Right, you seem a little off. You seem seem a little something something's bothering you. Mm, nothing bothering me as far as I know, and I think I would know better than anybody else. Alright. Unless I have like a really creepy stalker already. That would that would be weird. Oh, that'd be kinda I don't know. Creepy stalker, that'd be interesting. I've always wanted the creepy stalker. They sent me a pint of their blood. Okay, maybe not quite that creepy. <laughs> All right, well, there's a lot of things going on. You know, there's a this has been weird. We've had a spate of these uh, these flight attendants going nuts. And this is one of those things, sort of a copycat situation where you had another flight attendant. This one didn't go nuts, but this one just uh, decided that uh, I guess there was a Was this one gay? Aren't most... Was it gay? At least the male flight attendants, aren't most of them? Well, I don't know. You, you didn't even tell me if he was male or not. Well, I hadn't gotten to the to the story yet. Okay, go on. Anyway, so um, there we have this another one of these this uh, flight attendant. Um, and apparently, what happened here was, um, I guess there was a woman that was being that was disciplining her child on the plane, and it was one of those situations where it got a little bit weird. Um, They're on the plane, obviously. Yeah, and. It, it, it got the situation where it got just a little bit weird and uh, yeah, started beating the kid a little too uh, viciously, ferociously. And uh, the flight attendant had to uh, took, took the mother away from the kid. And um, that's a no, no. Yeah. And, and of course, what happens is, you know, they started a big controversy. Can a flight attendant do that? And of course, the answer is yes. Um, flight attendants have complete autonomy uh, when they're on these planes. Obviously, they they once the once the cabin door is closed, even if the plane is still on the ground, they're in charge, and they'll haul you right on off and um, throw you right in the clink. You know that's what happens. So big show. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. We got a lot of other stuff too, and um, James has got the most expensive video games. Indeed. Yes, world's most expensive video games. Now, um, that'll be good. I, um, I'm very curious to see. I, I know that you know when you're talking about video games, you're probably talking about what uh, you know, probably some arcade games like stand-ups and stuff. Or actually, no, there aren't any arcade booth video games. They're all cartridge-based video games. Wow. Copy and, of- and here, the the nothing goes into the six digits. Well, hang on. Let me double check. See, do we get, you know, six digit? Sorry. Um. God damn it. Uh. Nope. No six digits. Wow. We do get five digits, though. Well, that's quite a bit still for a video game. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. I'd pay a lot for Defender, but I mean, come on, not that much. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit. Also, the pop chart. Naturally, we have to go through the pop chart. Yeah, you know, it's Friday. Why not? Why not torture everybody's ears and uh, ram right on through that? Um, Let's see. 
we have a, a salmonella outbreak. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, millions and millions and millions of eggs have been recalled because of the possibility that uh, you could be contaminated with salmonella. That could explain something. Um, I, I had some eggs uh, a few days ago while I was uh, in Las Vegas. I don't know. I, and I felt a little weird for a little while after that, and then it sort of fought it off. Salmonella. That's... Never good. I, I haven't I, had eggs in a while. Yeah, I, I love eggs. From my head down to my legs. You know, you're going to love it, the incredible edible egg. Uh, anyway, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention <laughs> is working with state health departments to investigate the illnesses. Uh, no deaths have been reported as a result, said Dr. Christopher Braden, a CDC uh, a CDC uh, epidemiologist involved in the investigation. Initially, 228 million eggs, or the equivalent of 19 million dozen eggs, oh, yummy. were uh, recalled by the company Wright County Egg of, what is this? Of Galt, Iowa. It sounds like a great place to live. I live in Galt, Iowa. Minnesota, a state with some of the best food uh, born illness investigators in the country has also tied at least seven salmonella cases to the eggs. Other states have seen a jump in reports of the type of salmonella. For example, California has reported 286 illnesses since uh, June and believes that they may be related to the eggs. Colorado saw 28 cases in June and July, about four times the usual number. Salmonella, of course, is the most common bacterial form of food poisoning. And the strain involved in the outbreak uh, is the most common strain in salmonella. According to, uh, let's see, uh, this, I guess, these, the CDC says that this accounts for about 20% of all salmonella food poisoning. No thanks. I mean, I love eggs and everything, but come on. Then we have this, and, and this is a weird thing, too. I just saw this. This is all just sort of stuff I was looking at um, while I was uh, out of the news cycle for the last couple of days. I see that uh, we have a great Religion of Peace update. As you know, folks, uh, this is the, the high holy month of the year on the Islamic calendar. And it is with great pleasure that uh, we give you another Religion of Peace update. Ramadan. Because it's Ramabom, everybody. So now, you know, in sh with Sharia law and with the uh, laws that they have over there in Saudi Arabia, the punishments that they inflict over there are usually eye for an eye kind of punishments. That's what they generally do. You know, you, you steal from a store, they cut off your hand, you know? Well, uh, yeah, chocolate bar is equivalent to a hand. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's what the Saudis tell you. Well, you know, you stole a chocolate bar, so you, you will never steal again. Well, that's what a point. So oh. now the the Allah, who is all merciful and uh, the religion of peace, oh. they oh, believe yeah. that if you uh, well, here's here's the story. This will be good. A Saudi judge is asking several hospitals in the country of Saudi Arabia whether they could damage a man's spinal cord as punishment after he was convicted of attacking another man with a cleaver and paralyzing him. 
Abdul uh, Aziz Al Mutari, 22, was left paralyzed and subsequently lost a foot after a fight nearly two years ago. He asked a judge in the southwestern Tabuk province to impose an equivalent punishment for his attacker under Islamic law. His brother Khaled Al Mutari told the Associated Press by telephone from uh, from there. Let's see. He said that one of the hospitals located in Tabuk responded, but it is uh, that it is able to damage the spinal cord. But it added that the operation would have to be done at another more specialized facility. Saudi newspapers reported that a second hospital in the capital of Riyadh declined to do so, saying that it could not inflict such harm. Oh, they have morals over there? I thought that'd be kind of I'm sorry, we cannot do that, sir. That is just wrong. No way, sir. There is no way we can do that. You son of bitches. That's great fun, isn't it? Well, let's see. You want to attack the man and he's paralyzed. Let's see, we could throw you in a prison for a few years, maybe teach you a lesson, but how about we just throw you in a wheelchair? Paralyzed is <clears throat> fine for you. There you go. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, he paralyzed somebody, so their, their eye for an eye sort of punishment or a spine for a spine punishment is, hey, we'll uh, paralyze you. Um, <clears throat> a copy of the med- medical report from the King Khaled Hospital in Tabuk, uh, province obtained by the AP said that the same injury that Al Mutari suffers from can be inflicted on his attacker using a nerve stimulant and inducing the same injuries in the same locations. Saudi Arabian forces, of course, strict Islamic law and occasionally does uh, deal out uh, the eye for an eye punishment. King Abdullah, of course, has been trying to cut down on this extremist ideology. And as you can see, it's really working out well. So, Damn skippy it is. No. Uh, of course, the family says, you know, they're, they're not interested in blood money. They're not suing for money. They're just, uh, they'd be ready to send the attacker abroad to perform the operation if it were not possible. And so so they, they want this operation done. They want this guy to be paralyzed just because he paralyzed somebody in their family. You know, I mean, listen, I understand that, but it's still backwards. And it just once again shows you uh, that Saudi Arabia does live about 14 centuries uh, behind the rest of the world, behind the rest of civilization, clearly. So... <clears throat> That, of course, naturally, that story would come out during the holy month of Ramalama Ding Dong. Well, the attack happened two years ago, right? Right, but the, the punishment, that's coming out now. So they, they want to... Uh, uh, you know. Yeah. 14th century behind, they probably had to send it by, you know, carrier pigeons or whatever. This sounds about right. All right, let's see what else here. Uh, anything of note... That's about it. We got to take a break, actually. Come back and uh, get some other stuff to get into. We've got just so much stuff. that The Michael Grav Show Stupid News File, it is filled to the brim. It is overflowing. And uh, there's a lot of other stuff, too. Obviously, the pop chart. James has uh, his, uh, his segment coming up and, uh, and so much more. You know what you're doing here. Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address. In case you were unaware. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Graf Show, AOL Instant Messenger. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. I'm thinking 
I'm thinking maybe this would be a good night for random bumpers. You know? Yeah. All right, let me just do this. Yeah. All right, so we'll do that and uh, take a break and come back. This is the zip code famous Michael Graff show, back and better than ever. Well, not really. I I don't know what's going on. Like I said at the opening of the show, everything just seems a little off, just a little out of phase. I, I my voice, I, I sound like I could do uh, the documentaries. Hey, voiceover for you, uh, you could rival Morgan Freeman. What's going on, everybody? What is going on? It's I'm more. Morgan Freeman, and my voice is chocolate to your ears. That's right. Expect my me voice. to voice over everything. My voice is seen. chocolate to your ears. It's the Michael Graff Show, and we done going to be back. The zip code famous Michael Graff Show. I want to sing a little song that uh, kept me going when I had troubles. We were at the beach. Everybody had matching towels. Somebody went under a dock, and there they saw a rock. But it wasn't a rock. It was a rock lobster! Rock lobster! Rock lobster! The Michael Graff Show. Segment number two. It's Michael Graff show. Yeah. Little pet shop boys Bro. for you. Random bumpers, everybody. Gotta love them. Yeah. Yeah. If I told you I knew all the words again, it wouldn't really be that surprising. It's, it would be very, it would be basically impossible to stump me on anything 80s tune related. Alright, thank you. Mike at KMGX.com. That's the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. You know, Mike at KMGX.com, interestingly enough, that's also the PayPal address you can donate to this fine broadcast anytime you like. We certainly accept donations of all sizes, shapes, you know, not discriminatory here. How about if I donate 10 yen? Will that do? Well, it's something. I suppose. I, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. 
Someone, I'm sure some asshole is going to come along and donate one penny. You know, that's probably going to happen. Well, you know. Uh, hey, I, I got a whole change jar filled with pennies. I wouldn't deny a penny. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, hey. I mean, listen, hey, a penny saved is a penny earned and all that sort of Jelly. crap. Uh, whatever. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> meanwhile, this is the uh, this is interesting. Uh, more weird flight attendant or uh, airline uh, employee news. Check this out. Police say that an American Airlines worker has been charged with stealing thousands of dollars worth of worth of items left behind pl- on the uh, planes. Uh, when what what would happen is you know people sometimes leave their items around and then the flight crew they go through and they they clean that stuff up they were they're supposed to give it to like a lost and found or something. Well, <clears throat> in this particular case, this person would just take the stuff home and be like, "Yo, I'm just gonna take it." An airport police uh, uh, airport uh, police report says that officers found what they uh, believed are passengers' lost belongings, including a cell phone, cameras, and sunglasses at Henry Ibarra's Fort Worth home. Police traced the cell phone to Ibarra's home in July after a passenger reported it missing. Airport spokesman David Magana says that the items are worth about $7,500. Fort Worth-based American says that it has suspended the 59-year-old who has worked with the company for 41 years. I mean, think about that. This guy has has literally worked his entire adult life for American Airlines or for... That's depressing. The guy is 40... Yeah, he's worked there since he's 18, and now he decides, well, you know, I'm getting close to retirement. Maybe I'll just start stealing stuff. That's actually not a bad loot, though. What, what was it? $7,351? That's 7500 bucks. 7500 bucks. Wow. That is uh, not a bad loot for even however long he was stealing it. Of course, they uh, contacted Ibarra. He declined comment on any of this. Probably pretty smart. So the airline industry, a lot of weird stuff happening there. Now, we've warned you on this show that this could happen for a long time. I've talked about this. If you go all the way back on this show to 2002 or 2003, I was warning about this. This, it's it's just about here. And I know we've been saying that for a while, and it's just been creeping up on it. And I know everybody just wants to discount this or, or just sort of blow it off every time I bring it up. But the Iranians are right there. They are on the brink of having nuclear energy now. The Iranians are right. about to be nuclear. Nuclear energy on the yes. Iranian and Russian nuclear uh, technicians made final preparations to start up Iran's first reactor on Saturday after years of delays. This is according to an, uh, let's see, an operation that will mark a milestone in what Tehran considers its right to produce nuclear energy. Meanwhile, this is on the same day where we have a report coming out from here in the U.S. where uh, a U.S. Intelligence, uh, U.S. intelligence says that Iran is far off from having any sort of nuclear weapon. 
Yeah, we kept saying that about having their nuclear power plants too, but uh, apparently not so much. It's coming online tomorrow, barring we scramble some jets up in the air tonight and take care of the situation. Nationwide celebrations are planned for the fuel loading at the at the Bushehr facility in southern Iran, while Russia pledges to safeguard the plant and prevent any sort of uh, spent nuclear fuel from being shifted to a possible weapons program. Quote, the startup <laughs> operations will be a big success for Iran. Listen, you really think that the Russians are going to sit there and go, well, we'll make sure you'll not build nuclear weapon, a nuclear missile, nuclear bomb, some kind. We'll make sure you'll not build because we don't want you build. Sure, the Russians really care. Wow, this is... Uh... This is comedy gold right here. Yeah. So, uh, again, this goes back to the sanctions that were imposed in Iran, which really, those are working out real stellar, aren't they? That's, that's really getting it done. It's like one gag after another. Uh, let's see. We're going to do some sanctions. Uh, we're totally going to invade the country. And... Um, you know what? They're definitely not building any nuclear weapons. It's energy only, guys. Okay? Yeah. Uh, All right, and then we have uh, this. This is a really sort of disturbing kind of story. This is one of those things that just makes you want to throw up, and, and I would just kill this guy. I, I don't see, again, going back to the issue, capital punishment, this is a guy that just does not need to be on this planet anymore. And you're like, what did what did he do? All right. A a man has been arrested Tuesday in California for doing something really gross to oh his to his female coworker. Officers say that in January 2010, 31-year-old Michael Kevin Lalana entered Lalana. a female coworker's office at the Northwestern Mutual Mortgage Company in Newport Beach, California. He then took uh, the female employee's water bottle and ejaculated into it and put it back on her desk. The semen-filled water bottle was, uh, was left on the office desk. The female later returned and drank the contents of the water bottle. The victim reported feeling ill after drinking the water. Yeah, you think? Though I just think I came up with, some, uh, with a new role-playing game. Mm. <laughs> oh God, that is the nat Oh man, that is. Oh man, that is. I I literally don't know how to react to that. <laughs> I can't think of any witty comments. Police say that approximately three months later, in January 2010, Lalana again ejaculated into a water bottle after uh, the same female co-worker left it on her desk. Again, the victim returned to her office and drank from the semen-filled water bottle. This time, though, after feeling ill again, the victim sent it to a lab. Now there, now that's good. In June 2010, the female was contacted by the private lab who confirmed that the water had, it did contain semen. The victim reported the incidents to the Orange uh, Police uh, Department, the Orange County Police Department, in early July following further investigation by the police and the Orange County Crime Lab. The defendant was linked through a DNA 
uh, through DNA to the crimes. Lana was arrested uh, Tuesday outside of his home, and hopefully he was beaten the crap out of. I would have loved to have a phone tap for that conversation. When she was calling the lab back or she called them, I would have loved to listen to that conversation. That would have just been the best. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Fleming, is it? Uh, we got the results of the water bottle test. All right, well, um, w- w- what's in it? I mean, is there some sort of mineral? Well, uh... It's a type uh, of mineral. It's a type of mineral, certainly. Hey, you um, could say that. Yeah, I, 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 it's best if you don't know. Just move along. There's some swimmers in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I seriously wish I had a phone tap on that. That would have been great. If convicted, this sicko faces a sentence ranging from a minimum of three months to a maximum of three years in jail uh, and, of course, mandatory sex offender registration. You know what's interesting, though? I mean, three months to three years. You know, we put we put guys in jail that smoke dope for a longer period than that. Got the... Well, it's America, Mike. We yeah. are... It's, it's America. We're pretty weird. And then we have this. This is one of those things. Uh, another thing I don't understand about human society. I, I, don't under, I, I don't do this sort of thing. You know, earlier this year, we told you about the running of the bulls in Pamplona. Where people... Oh boy, nothing says excitement like life danger, am I right? Right, so there was that story and then a bunch of people got trampled and gored and everything. Well, then there's this. Spanish public television showed dramatic images of screaming spectators, including children, frantically trying to avoid the um, uh, the path of a bull. Yes. Apparently a... Uh, it hurtled over a security barrier that surrounds the arena. They were watching like a, a bullfight or bull riding or whatever. And uh, this thing, it just went over the fence. The incident occurred on Wednesday evening uh, in the building in the town of Tafia, Tafella, in the uh, Novera region. Some 30 people were injured, according to the local police. Most suffered cuts and bruises or shock, but one man was gored by the back, by the uh, by the back, and uh, his ten-year-old boy was being examined at a hospital in the nearby town of Pamplona. So, again, why would anybody go to see these kind of events in the first place? Why does anybody care? I don't get it. It just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I'm confused. Well, you know, Mike, I mean, some people think they got to live life on the edge, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I I get it, but I'd rather just go back to the semen in the water story at this point. Oh, man, that is... Isn't that horrible? uh, I mean, I'm I'm just just trying to think about this. What would you really do to a guy? If I found out that somebody did that, I mean, I I would just kill the guy. He wouldn't be able to go to the police because he'd be dead. He done be dead. What's wrong with you, boy? Uh, I done say the, you he dead. Oh, man. That is, see, I mean, what sort of thoughts run through your head to make you do that? 
Ugh, you know, I'm so bored at the office, man. I'll play this great prank on my coworker. She'll get a great laugh out yeah. of it, I bet. Gamer staring at the TV set. Play that. Let me see that Genesis. Right. Gamer staring at the TV set. Play that. I want to see that NES. <sighs> Come play with me. Come play with me. Some PSP. Some 360. Some PS3. Worth them sticks. Gamer. Touch all the buttons on that controller. All right, it's that time. Time to geek it out. James has got uh, some news you can use, especially if you're a super geek, nerd, or uber dork such as myself. Well, it's not so much uh, news in the gaming industry rather than rather than a game addict. Now, uh, this story has actually been floating around on a couple of sites. I've seen this a couple times, so you probably already heard it if you are a you know, hardcore elite hacker gamer like me, you know. But in case you haven't, let's see. Uh, this is my only story, so I'm going to try to drag this out. A man is suing an online gaming make... Uh, uh, let's try this again. A man sued online game maker over game addiction. Wow. Let's see. Now, right away, you're probably thinking of the, you know, the people who sued McDonald's because they got fat off of their food. And I know that was my first thought, and I'm just, I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Let's see. Um, the name of the gamer is Craig Smallwood. You know, <laughs> insert penis joke here. <laughs> oh, God, that is great. Uh, oh, my Craig goodness, Smallwood. really? How would you like to suck my balls? Uh, you know. Well, you know, I'm sure the audience is busy making a penis joke right now to their buddy next door, so I'll, yeah. I'll actually pause for a second here. Um. Alrighty then, uh, let's see. Craig Smallwood had a similar problem with competing online role-playing game uh, Lineage 2, and he's decided to do something about it. Let's see, the Hawaii man has filed a negligent lawsuit against game publisher NCSoft, claiming that he became so addicted to Lineage 2 that he, be that he was unable to function independently in usual daily activities, oh such goodness. as getting up, getting dressed, bathing, or communicating with friends and family. And right now I want to Chris Brown this guy. Uh, like how, this guy has to be like 400 pounds, right? Uh, well, well, you know, let's, uh, I, uh, there's no physical description of the guy here, unfortunately. All right, uh, well, this'll, this'll get a kick out of it. You'll get a kick out of this. Smallwood believed that he sunk roughly 20,000 hours into the game between 2004 and 2009, which Jeez. he claimed he wouldn't have done, uh, had done had he made aware of the title Addictive Nature. You know, I can think of a lot of things that are addictive, but people stop them. I mean, honestly, all right, let's see. Among other gripes, he's accusing NCSoft of... Failing to warn or instruct or adequately, uh, let's see, 
failing to warn or instruct or adequately warn or instruct plaintiff and other players of Lineage 2 of its dangerous and defective characteristics and of the safe and proper method of using the game. Wow. <laughs> that was a mouthful. Yeah. Warn or instruct or adequately warn to instruct play. It sounds like a lawyer wrote that, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. Oh, let's see. Though the lawsuit may sound a bit outlandish. Oh, boy. U.S. District Judge uh, Alan Kay has refused to dismiss parts of the claim, meaning the suit could go on trial. Uh, gaming addiction has been a hot topic in recent years thanks to the uh, influx of treatment programs and centers intended to help gamers manage their compulsion to play. Some games, including Guild Wars and anti-soft title, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Smallwood is seeking unspecified monetary damages. Oh, man. That... It gives me a headache knowing that this guy is on the same planet as me. Oh, my God. It's called put down the damn controller or mouse and go outside, you know? Yeah, I mean, once in a while, it's not bad to see the sun or even the clouds or just anything that has to do with being in the outdoors for just a minute. I mean, come on, man. I mean, what what the hell? Hang on. Let, let me figure this out. 20,000 hours between 2004 2009. That's a Let's lot see. of hours. How many hours are in a year, do you know? Because I'm trying to think. It's a lot. Let's see. That, that'd be five years of gaming. Hours 24 and 7. Uh, give me a second. I got I to... Gotta, check this out because I wonder how many how, what percentage of his life he wasted on this game let's see hours in a year well let's see I mean 8,765 so let's see the, that times 5 figure 9,040 that's about he wasted more than 2 years on this game wow oops sorry uh, about, that's actually about, um, yeah, that's about two, uh, 2.3 or so years on that game. Wow. That is, uh, that is some, I don't know, man. I, sad is what that is. That's just sad. That is sad. I, I don't think I've spent 20,000 hours on gaming, period, let alone on one game. Man, that is some... You figure he's not even including other video games he might have played, so you figure, let's just tack on another 2,000 hours. He, he probably wasted like two and a half years on it. That is, oh, God. I got a headache now. Yeah. All right, well, that's that's great. So, what a, a loser. Craig Smallwood, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you got to love these, you got to love all these segments. These are, yeah, it's a real insight into the kind of, uh, the kind of people that are out there. There are people out there that are crazier than us, Mike. As hard as it is to believe, yes, uh, there apparently there are. I mean, what do you say to that? I mean, what kind of judge actually considers picking this case up? Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com, Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. EF, Net, IRC, Net Radio, the channel, everything else Michael Graff related can be found at the one, the only, michaelgraff.com. More coming up.
And final segment, it's Michael Groff. Here on the big program, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. Also, the PayPal address, it's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. And for everything else, Michael Groff related, you know you can always go to the one, the only, MichaelGroff.com. And uh, we'll always be there, I think, or something or other. Yes, our exciting podcast, broadcast everywhere, and uh, we do appreciate your donations, your most generous contributions to this fine program. It's always a good thing. All right, man. There's there's a few more things to get to here in this uh, in this exciting segment. We can still have to do the most expensive stuff that James has for us. But before we do any of that, I guess we might as well torture your ears. Maybe it'll ah. bleed, bleed over into your eyes. I don't know. I'm guessing it probably will. Internal bleeding. All right, we do this every week. We take a look at what's going on on the pop chart. What all the kids are listening to these days? It's the um, most played songs on top 40 radio stations across the country. That's what the following information is based on. We count down the top 10 songs. Yeah, we don't play the entire song usually, but we give you at least a, a good little, good little piece so you can get an idea. All right, well, here we go. At number 10 this week, Katy Perry has yet another song out. It sounds like all the other ones. Here's Teenage Dream. Ah. Yeah, that's kind of what I said. What's that? It's not bad. It just feels like it's trying to shatter my eardrum. Yeah, that's what they do. It's Trevi McCoy. This is Billionaire. I want to be a billionaire. <laughs> bed, buy all of the things I never had. I want to be on the cover of Forbes magazine. Smiling next to Oprah and the Queen. You know what the worst part is? I think it's growing on me. What? Really? Uh, That's really unfortunate to hear that. I know. 
Oh god, I'm trying to claw my ears right now. Yeah. And now I hate. Good. I, I knew I had to just play a little bit more. This is DJ Get Us Fallen in Love at number eight. Uh, it is uh, Usher featuring Pitbull, I think. Something. I don't know. Some crappy music that. Yeah. It all so we back in the club with the bodies rocking from side to side. Side, side to side. Thank God the week is done. I feel like a zombie gone back to life. Back, back to life. Hands up. Yeah, suddenly we all got our hands up. No control of my body. Ain't I seen you before? I think I remember those eyes, 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 eyes. eyes. baby That's uh, that's some uh, that's some quality tunes right there. Quality stuff, isn't it, Mike? Yeah. Oh, oh, it, it really is. I I can't tell you how. I mean, when I wake up in the morning, this is the kind of stuff I want to hear. This is how I start yeah, off. Right my while day. I'm taking my morning dump. Well, number seven. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how this kind of music comes about. Jason Derulo's at number seven with Riding Solo. Okay, number six. Uh, and number six, it's B O B airplanes. In that airplanes, the night sky like shooting stars. I can really use a wish right now, wish right now, wish right now. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars? I can really use a wish right now, wish right now. Horrible. And number five, it's Enrique Iglesias. What the fuck are you going to gain on by wishing on a Boeing? Even if you wish on a real star, nothing's probably going to happen. So what's the purpose of pretending an airplane is a shooting star? My God. I guess that's what really poor people do. We can't, man, we can't even find shooting stars. No, this is terrible. All right, um... Oh, we can until they crash into the Twin Towers. Well, that, that's always good. 
<laughs> All right, at number uh, four, it's Katy Perry, California Girls. Two hits in the top ten. I mean, it's it, it's certainly not the worst thing I've ever heard. I can imagine dancing to it at least, but I mean, it's still um, it's still pretty annoying. All right, uh, number three, it's uh, this is that Mike Posner guy. This is cooler than me. Uh, there. To make you fall in love I would already have you up Under my arm I used the ball of my tricks I hope that you like this But you probably won't You think you're cooler than me You got designer shades Just to hide your face And you wear them around Like you're cooler than me And you never say hey Or remember my name And it's probably cause You think you're cooler than me Wow. And you will know that my name is the Lord when I lay down my vengeance on thee. Uh. Precisely. Number two, that that's horrible. It's uh, Tayo Cruz. This is Dynamite. Oh, I'm sure it is. I, 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 I came to dance, 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 dance. I hit the floor cause that's my plans, 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 plans. I'm wearing all my favorite brands, 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 brands. Give me some space for both my hands, 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 hands. You, you, cause it goes on right. and on and on. No, no, I think I just figured it out. Yeah. Aliens have already invaded Earth and they don't know how to blend is. So they just brought their music from wherever they're from to here and became pop artists. I got it all figured out. That's pretty smart. Alright, meanwhile, the number one song in the nation. Do we really need this uh, drum roll? The number one song, at least on the don't pop tell chart. Me it's Rihanna. Don't tell me it's Rihanna. It's not Rihanna. Oh, thank God. Instead, it's well, actually, it it, it sort of is Rihanna. It's Eminem featuring Rihanna. <laughs> love the way you love. That's alright, cause I like the way it hurts. Just gonna stand there and hear me. I would rather watch the room than this. That's alright, because I love the way you lie. I love the way you lie. Considering the week I've had, I've had such a great week. You know, tonight has just sucked all the way around. It's right now. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm doing this show. I got people spewing their drama at me while I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to relax, man. I'm trying to chill out. It's the best week ever, but right now I'm just not feeling it. I gotta tell you. And then I gotta listen to this crap. Alright. That's your pop chart. 
number one song in the country, ladies and gentlemen. That's the number one song on the pop chart. All right. I can't take it. All right. That's it. Could they just not think of a worse pairing? I mean, honestly, why not just get, like, Satan and Hitler together to do a duet? That'd probably be better than this. Yeah. Ah. Whatever. All Only right. the finest quality humor here on the Microsoft Show, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. All right, James, uh, standing by with what is sure to also depress uh, some people. And some of you will actually be impressed, I'm sure, by this. But uh, me, I'm, I don't know. You guys lock up. I'm leaving. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, at this point. I don't have the keys. <laughs> uh, at this point, uh, man, I, I, I don't even you know what? I don't even you, know. You know, it can't think any lower. Let's see. In the first segment, uh, we had some guy trying to get his spine paralyzed. Yeah. Country trying to paralyze spine. Right. Second segment, we had uh, a guy who was supposedly addicted to a game and a person who had jizzed in a bottle. And so far for the third segment, we had the pop chart. Only the finest quality show, ladies and gentlemen. Finest quality. Oh, my God. This is... Uh, has been quite a show, though, hasn't it? All right, well, uh, we we really should find some sort of theme for this segment, though. We really should. All right, you know. All right, so uh, what I have for here for you guys are the world's most expensive video games. You know, as always, the top ten. Uh, let's see. Now, standing at number ten, we have uh, an interesting one, actually. The Blockbuster World Video Game Championship 2. Let's see. Uh, it, there is an unknown amount of copies produced, and the estimated price is plus $2,000. Wow. $2,000 and beyond. We're only at number 10, and we already got 2 k in the bank. Not bad. Not, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Not much is known about the game, unlike some con competition Excuse me. Unlike some competition cards, such as those for the NES. Not surprising, however, it is uh, significantly rarer. Less than five copies have been confirmed to exist. Let's see. Apparently in 1995, Blockbuster organized their second video game championship. For SNES, Rare built the well-known Donkey Kong Competition Edition card. For Genesis, Acclaim made this card. Let's see, two categories for the competition. It was in San Francisco. Let's see, the last copy sold went for $2,068.05. <laughs> Just tack on another nickel there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, let's see. Standing at number nine, the uh, Ultima Escape from Mount Dash. Now, this is interesting because this is actually not a cartridge. It's a cassette tape. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, you can actually play some video games on a cassette tape. I've seen you know, I, I had one. I, I had a couple of uh, games like that back in the back in the 80s. I remember those. Um, yeah. 
how exactly does that work, you wonder, you know? I mean... Well, it's just yeah. a slower sort of version of, of a disc. Well, I... I know what a cassette tape is, Mike. I'm not stupid. No, I'm, I'm saying how you I'm saying it plays like a much slower version of a of a disc. It 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 uh, literally it, it's got to find the information in this cassette rather than just referencing it in a sector of the disc. It, it's it, that's what I'm trying to tell you is it's it's much slower. Ah, <sighs> ah. All right. Well, uh, let's see. The there was an unknown amount of copies produced, and the estimated price is two thousand five hundred dollars plus. Let's see. While having a much higher production run than some of the other games on this list, few copies have been found, and the game holds a distinction being one of the highest-priced PC games ever. If the last part sounds confusing, I understand. I too frequently forget the Big 20 with a home computer, not a console. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the infamous Vic 20. Let's see. Originally written by one of the Richard Jarrett's friends, because... Let's see. Uh, let's see. The last, uh, another collector who owns a complete copy tells me he thinks there are 13 unknown copies, which, of which three are complete. Let's see. Um, from $700 for a loose cartridge to $1,700 to $3,600 for a complete copy. I think the last uh, copy may have sold for more, however. So, you know, it even goes beyond that. $3,600 for a complete copy. Not right. bad. Let's see. Actually, some of these ended up in a... Uh, let's see. For a long time, a lot of the details surrounding the game were very vague. For example, it was believed the game was a cartridge when it, in fact, was released as a cassette tape. One of the rumors about the game was that Sierra sold a very minimal amount of games, barely enough to get even. Then buried the remaining stock at a foot of a mountain somewhere. So they ended up burying some very rare cassette tapes. That's uh, that's always good. All right, uh, let's see. Standing in at number eight, some of you may have heard this name before, even if you aren't a geek. The air raid for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Wow. Unknown amount of copies were produced, and the estimated price is three thousand dollars plus. Now, recently, there was a complete copy of Air Race sold, and it was covered by Yahoo Video Game News. So, you know, if you follow that loosely, you might have heard of it. Let's see. While Atari 2600 uh, collecting has dropped to the wayside compared to the relatively new systems like the NES, yeah. there was still a lot of hardcore collectors out there. Only the truly hardcore, however, can dream of owning a copy of Air Race. And it's a very funky-looking cartridge. Uh, it's got this handle on it that makes it look like a joystick almost. It's uh, really weird. Let's see. Uh, the game plays like a standard shooter from that era. Pretty much an expensive Space Invaders clone except yours isn't above but below the buildings. The 2600 is no stranger to odd looking cartridges but the air raid is up there for this category as well. Sky blue is the color with a nifty handle for insertion. It's not hard to miss if you stumble across it at a flea market. The actual print run is unknown, but so far it seems to place Air Raid as the game with the, the most limited production commercial release on the Atari 2600 title. Wow, that is a, that's a mouthful right there. Uh, this is uh, my favorite, probably my favorite console of all time. You know, I 
Not favorite console in terms of playing, but uh, I find this console fascinating. Mr. Boston, uh, standing at number seven, Mr. Boston for the Vectrix. That is always good. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Vectrix was basically trying to take arcade booths into the home. It, um, it was a console that had a TV attached to it as well as the controller. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was... Uh, I, I can only dream to own a Vectrix, man. That would, that would be the day. Let's see. Uh, unknown amount of copies were produced, and the estimated price for this cartridge is also $3,000 plus. Let's see. Another obscure system, the Vectrix is an 8-bit video game console that was uh, developed by Western Technology Defense Engineering. Let's see. Television, I already covered that. You know, slide over and everything. A liquor company known as Mr. Boston gave out a limited number of customized cartridges of the game Clean Sweep. The box had a Mr. Boston sticker on it. The overlay was basically the regular clean sweep overlay with Mr. Boston name and logo running up either side. Yeah. The game itself had custom text and the player controlled the top hat rather than the vacuum. I don't know the game clean sweep, so I wouldn't know about this. Details are scare about this one, even on the web. It is believed there are at least three known copiers. That's always good. Wow. All right, let's see. Standing at number six, a ah, number six, a very familiar name, the Nintendo World Championship cartridge, the gray version, of course. Let's see. Uh, there were ninety copies produced, and it's worth an estimated five thousand dollars. Wow. Let's see. The Nintendo World Championship was a contest, a la uh, the movie The Wizard. It's this thing of eight rounds. Uh, it's basically just one big video game tournament. Uh, let's see. Now, I already know the backstory, so I don't even have to read this. Basically, what was supposed to happen after the competition was over, most of the cartridges were supposed to be destroyed, so basically uh, getting your hands on this was pretty tough. It had three games, Super Mario Brothers, uh, Rad Racer, and Tetris, and uh, the goal was to get the highest score on all of them. All of them have a limited time, and I believe it was uh, 6 minutes and 21 seconds to play everything. The first minigame was to collect as many coins as you can on the Super Mario Brothers, 50 to be exact. The next video game is a version of Rad Racer, where the players must complete a specialized course. And the final minigame is Tetris. Um, basically, the objective was you're supposed to get Tetris as fast as you can, and then score as best you can on that, because... Whatever you scored on Tetris, they multiplied by 25. Wow. So that was always good. Let's see. The last copy sold went for just over $6,000. I kind of remember that thing. I kind of remember that game. Yeah. I remember that package Let's of see. Let's see. Uh, standing at number five, we have the Kizuna Encounter for the PAL Neo Geo. Wow, that was always good. Let's see, there are less than 12 copies produced, and there is an estimated price of plus $10,000. That is always good. Let's see, if you're a long-time reader on this site, you're familiar with my stance on Neo Cheer collectors. They're all insane, no offense. Let's see, this is the blogger's word, not mine. Let's see, uh, I considered not putting this on the list, though. Everybody has heard of the Atari or NES, even if you're not a gamer. Neo Geo, however, is much more of a niche system. The insane price, however, warrants the listing. 
The game itself is a tag battle fighting from the NFK, the makers of many popular 2D fighters. Let's see, the arcade version is Common's Common, normally fetching around 50 USD. The Japanese AES version is also relatively easy to find and identical to the PAL in every way except for the packaging and inserts. Somehow, however, this game is insanely rare. The actual production number is unknown. Another source there was also 12 or copies or 8 or something like that. So basically this game is very rare and the last few copies sold went for about $12,500. That is, uh, that is great, you know, when, uh, people buy obscure cartridges for obscure consoles. Let's see, standing at number four, we have the Nintendo Campus Challenge, the Super Nintendo. I don't think this is actually a cartridge because, um, oh wait, it is a cartridge, it's just a very funky cartridge, I think. Right. Let's see, let's see, there are an unknown amount of copies produced and the estimated price is $10,000 plus, again. The Nintendo Campus Champion Challenge was a competition where Nintendo toured universities through the U.S. and Europe to find out who could get the highest score in a timed matchup. The cart used for the Super NES competition included F-Zero, Pilot Wings, and Super Mario World. Aw, oh, man, that was, that was great. Long held as a rumor, the cartridge was finally uncovered. In May, 2000, May June 2006, the Campus Challenge cart used in video game competitions in 1992 generated much excitement in the classic video game world. In a completely uh, superstitious moment between the NES version and the NES cards were found, were found by separate people. Let's see, the NES version had Dr. Mario, Super Mario Bros. 3, Pinbot, and the SNES version had the Super Mario Bros. F-Zero and Pilot Wing. And, and how, much, how much is this going for? $10,000 plus. Wow. Let's see, uh, I'm going to skip all the bullshit because I think I've been going on this rant too long. That's all right. You're fine. No, uh, you know. It's let's see, uh, people. Listen, this is an audience. This audience, uh, you know, um, they, they're all gamers and, and frankly, a lot of them are, um, you know, guys that probably okay, don't get out of the house well, much. Oh, well, you know, that's a life story. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, there's this really long bit. I'll try to uh, shorten it, but basically it uh, describes the competition cartridge. Let's see. After you turn the power on, the title screen appears right away. No other screens with information or trademarks and such. A soft version of the Super Mario Brothers aquatic interlude plays in in the background until you play start. Super Mario World, you're supposed to get 50 coins and you get 99 lives, but they're infinite. So uh, the easiest way to get 50 coins right away, you probably complete the first level to your right from Yoshi's house using Yoshi. Let's see, after getting 50 coins, score appears and some that's how much you scored you got up to this point. Then you got to play F-Zero and finish two laps. Let's see. After finishing two laps of F-Zero, the score screen appears again and shows how much you've scored with both Super Mario World and F-Zero. Let's see. Play Pilot Wings. Don't forget to use your parachute. And let's see, after you land in the bullseye or whatever, the score appears on the screen for the last time. Soft music in the background. Can't really tell if it's the theme from the SNES game or the Campus Challenge exclusively. Score screen tells you how much you've scored, and then 
and then it just stays there until you power off or reset the SNES. So basically, it's just uh, sort of like a rapid-fire minigame almost, and you're just supposed to get the best score you can. And it was a big competition, everything. The grand prize was $10,000. It is unknown who won. All right, let's it see. Standing at number... Yeah, it wasn't you, yeah. <laughs> I think we can figure that much out, Mike. Let's see. Standing at number three, the Nintendo Campus Challenge. This one, there is almost nothing on it. That It is unknown how many copies are produced. The estimated price is $10,000, and... The only thing that's known about it that the three games that are on it are Super Mario Bros. 3, Dr. Mario, and Pinbot. Only one copy has been confirmed to exist. So this one we know absolutely nothing about. We just know it's expensive. And it has a couple of games on it. Let's see. Uh, standing at number two, we have the Nintendo Power Fest 94 for the Super Nintendo. Unknown how many copies were produced, and it's worth ten thousand dollars plus. Let's see, nineteen ninety four. See if I can find any details on it. Let's see, you play one one world of the Super Mario Brothers, the Lost Level. Then in the second section, you play the first track of the Mushroom Cup and Super Mario Kart. And then the final part with the Home Run Derby and Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. Uh, so once again, you play a couple rapid-fire mini-games and try to score as much as possible. Alright, well, uh, well, this is a bit of a disappointment. Let's see, the... Standing at number one, we have the 1990 World Championship Gold Edition. Now, if you recall a few moments ago, I said, you know, 1990 World Championship Edition already, but that was the great cartridge. This cartridge is in gold. Oh, wow. This is, yeah, I know. It's just that much of a difference, you know. And it, it doubles the value, apparently. Let's see. There were 26 copies produced, and it's worth an estimated $10,000 plus. Let's see. Uh, this is the game everybody's heard about, basically, but, um, the last one sold for 21000 uh, Four hundred dollars, apparently. So that is the that is always great. I mean, if you want to hear what's on it, you can always, you know, it's um, same thing as I said last time. You know, it's uh, Super Mario Brothers, Rad Racer, and Tetris. So the only difference is this one is in gold. It's a bit of a under dramatic happening, you know. Still twenty one thousand dollars. $21,400 for a video game is, uh, pretty impressive. That's, that's, uh, for, <clears throat> for, for a game, and how many of them are there? There's, like, what, a dozen? Uh, sorry, yeah, let me, uh, 26 copies were produced of this. Wow. Well, you figure some of the other games uh, had a lot less produced. There was one where there was only one copy confirmed to exist. It's still only worth, like, a couple thousand dollars for some reason. Well, I mean, at least these aren't, like, in the millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a melodrama for the top ten segment this week. You know, you... 
I, I raised their expectations too high with with the million dollar watches and the million dollar iPhone covers and you know? cell phones. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Don't worry. Next week, I will. I assure you, I will piss you off next week. Oh, you're assuring I assure us. Assure you. Yes, I. Uh, non money back guarantee. Nice. Well, you know, I, I am just that nice. I uh, I guarantee that I will not refund your time if you're not satisfied. Well, that's with customer service like that, you could very easily uh, work at um, Geek probably, Squad. You, yeah, you could probably. Yeah, I was just I was just about to say you could work at Geek Squad. Exactly. That's. Uh, That's very well. Accurate. You know, like, like I said, this is the uh, quality show, Mike. Well, it is. It is. It's very quality. You can't go wrong with this show. See, we did this show, and it didn't even take seven hours. Look at this. It took less than an hour. It took an hour and fifteen minutes, maybe. Oh, what is wrong with us, Mike? I don't know. We owe it to our viewers to piss them off for hours on end. Very, very true. But, you know, non-time back there. In All right. I, I need a cold shower, I think. <laughs> All right. I need a hot jacuzzi. But, well, I, I could use that, too, with the right company. Mike at KMGX.com is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That's also our PayPal address. I'm I'm flushed over here. Um, AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Groff Show, the screen name. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. Some things are so inside you don't even need to know. EFNet, IRC, Net Radio, the channel. And, of course, you can always contact us via michaelgraff.com and I swear one of these days we'll have a real website you know if only I knew well, yeah. if only I knew a super hot chick that was a web designer you know you maybe. can only dream Mike well maybe I am still dreaming but oh. anyway um, let's see, yeah, michaelgraff.com, everything else Michael Graff related. You know what we do? We do this little podcast for you. Well, we try to do it frequently, but sometimes not so much. Thanks to James for joining us on the program as well, by the way. Yeah, well, I got numbers to do. And neither do I. Actually, yes, I do. Believe me, I have, I have better things to do. But you know what? I'm here for the fans. Yes, the uh, two fans in the audience. Uh, We're back next week with another with more of the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show. Yes, in exile no longer. Back next week. Have a great one, everybody. And... Yeah. Goodbye.